Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, uh, Luke chapter 5, reading from verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. How powerful is that? They weren't just, well, let me go and see what he's got to say. No, they were crowding around him and listening, hungry for the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down, taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master. I like that, Master. You're the master, but you don't know too much about fishing. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, Nevertheless, at your word, says the King James, I'll let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And I thank you that your word has the power to stir faith in our hearts. I pray this morning, Lord God, that as we hear this word, that something would happen in our spirit, Lord God. Um, that you would speak to us. Uh, that this word would become a living word in our hearts, that there would be a prompting of the spirit, that, Father, I just pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we would get an understanding of what you want to do in our hearts and lives. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Forgive me of my sins. Let there be nothing in me that hinders the delivery of this word. Speak by the Holy Spirit, I pray, and I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to begin a new series entitled A Miracle for You. The purpose of this series is really in the title. I want to encourage you to believe that God could move in your life, that God could do something in your life, that God could intervene in a miraculous way. Where God would do something in your life that, that you would have to conclude, well, you know what? It's God that's done this, that God has moved in a miraculous way. God, God has done a miracle in my life. You can't look at the Bible without uh, believing in miracles. From Genesis to Revelation, we see God moving with the supernatural and the extraordinary. In the Old Testament, we have God speaking the word into being, the world into being. We have the sun standing still. Uh, we have God opening the Red Sea so that the people of Israel were able to march through that. Manna from heaven. We have never-ending bottles of oil. And the list goes on and on. Go over to the New Testament and you have the life of Jesus where he healed the sick, raised the dead, delivered people from demonic oppression. These miracles continued with the apostles. They didn't just stop with Jesus. If they would have stopped with Jesus, we would have said, well, that's easy because Jesus was the son of God. But the miracles didn't stop there. They continued into the book of Acts and I'm reading through the book of Acts at the moment. Every other chapter, there's an incredible move of God. There's the miraculous, the supernatural power of God. I want us to believe that what God did in Bible times, He could do again amongst us. Can I hear an amen somewhere? I, I want us to believe that what, what happened in the book of Acts, what happened in the Gospels, can actually continue to happen in your life and my life. Psalm says, you are the God who performs miracles. Sometimes. 
You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. Matthew says about Jesus, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. Acts chapter 5, verse 16. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick, and Jesus has returned back to heaven. This is the book of Acts. Um, and, And those tormented by impure spirit. And all of them were healed. Now, I get that this is a risky subject. I get that. I get that many of us find it easier to believe that a miracle won't happen. I I, I get that. The thought of being disappointed again is just too much. Um, I'd rather rather lower my expectations. I'd I'd, I'd rather not believe because the the hurt or the the disappointment of, of, of not getting a breakthrough is just too much. I'd rather just lower my expectations. And I understand all of that. Problem for me is I can't read through the Gospels and pretend the miracles didn't happen. I, I can't get away from the amount of miracles, the variety of miracles, the consistency. I just can't pretend none of that happened. Listen, listen to the words of Jesus who said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And so this morning, what I'd like to do is rather than me preach to you, because I'm, I'm the person with all the wisdom and all the answers, and you're the ones who, you know, you need my wisdom. I, I, I don't want that this morning at all. I'd, I'd, I'd rather this be a life group where we could, let's just chat about these scriptures. I mean, I'm reading through the word here. I'm reading through the Bible. So I'd rather be with you and let's together explore what the Bible is saying and saying, God, well, what do you want to do? What are you doing amongst us? How, how, do we, how do we interpret these scriptures within the context of our life? I wonder, have you ever experienced a miracle in your own life? Never forget that the greatest miracle of all is the, is the miracle of salvation. Never forget that the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation. Every other miracle is temporal. The miracle of salvation is eternal. I was talking to someone just this week about it. And we were, he was talking about a, a friend that doesn't know Christ. And, and, you know, they have all of these rational, you know, kind of thoughts and discussions about why they don't believe in God and all the rest of it. And, and you know, I think to myself, how, how did we cross that line into faith? How did I do that? How do we do it if not by the grace of God? It's a miracle. It's a miracle. I can tell you that over the years, I haven't seen any you know, outstanding healings, but I know that God has intervened in my life. I know that God has done things that have saved me. I know, I know, I know. I know that without a shadow of a doubt that, that, that in, in, in kind of a difficult moment, God has intervened. And as I look back at those situations, I cannot but say He was God because it was nothing that I planned or purposed, but God somehow created a set of circumstances that guided me and helped me. I know that God has opened doors in my life. The big one for me in the last few years has been the purchase of these properties. I know we talk about it from time to time, but you know, many of you know the story. We, we've been here in this uh, building for over 27 years. We have this conference. Tak Barna's here. It's preaching out of Zachariah. Grace, grace at the end. Everybody remember grace, 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 grace. And, and, you know, let's do it again. Grace, grace, let's do it again. Now, we knew the property was up for sale, but, you know, we just we still hadn't had any word or anything like that. Then that's, that's Thursday night. Friday lunchtime, I get a phone call from our builder. And he was working behind the scenes, actually. He purchased the property uh, under his own name or whatever and said, do you want the property? 
This was lunchtime. Now you might say it's a coincidence or you might say this or that or the other. But for me, that was a miracle. And, you know, it kind of didn't stop there, you know. And I thought, we kind of, you know, Joe and I, that's amazing, you know. Joe and I would say, you know, God has taken us out of the picture because we would have wrecked it, you know what I'm saying? You know, he knew that we couldn't do this one. So anyway, and then three months later, you know, people are going, and then people are standing in the car park looking at the theatre going, grace, grace, and they're, guys, take it easy, take it easy, all right? Just going to pay this one off first, and then we'll, we'll do a bit of grace, grace. They're doing grace, 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 come take it easy. And then three months later, Joe rings me, guess what? You're never going to believe the phone call I got. What? Had a real estate agent ring and said, asked us whether we want to buy Bakehouse Theatre. And, uh, and that was like the beginning of uh, 2020. Hello, COVID, you know. <laughs> and uh, in the midst of all of that, and the, the banks weren't giving any money, and uh, we finally settled on a price. And I just remember God giving me a scripture at the beginning of that process. Joe rang me. A couple of days later, I get this scripture. And, and it's this, Joshua 21, 43. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors. And they took possession of it and settled there. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, always wondering, you know, what's going to happen, what can happen. I'm always worst case scenario. But this kind of scripture anchored me, right up on my board. And I just kept looking at the scriptures. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors. And they took possession of it and settled there. So, you know, we're discussing the prize, finally settled on a prize. We signed the contract unconditional, knowing the banks wouldn't give us the money, uh, believing that somehow the money would come. And, you know, uh, uh, we had a couple of other options in pursue that. Anyway, somehow we've taken possession of the land. And obviously with your generosity as well. And, and, but, but to me, I cannot but say that it's a miracle. I, I can't but say that. Uh, and I don't use those words lightly. If you know me, I don't, I don't use those kind of words, words lightly. You know, people say, people use the word miracle now. You know, it was a, it's a miracle soap. You know, it's a miracle soap. It's not a miracle subject. People, people use that word too flippantly. Uh, to me, that, this was a miracle that I've certainly seen in my time. It's powerful. And I know that God is interested in land. There's, there's something very, very spiritual about land. God doesn't take it lightly. We shouldn't take it lightly. But I believe he's more interested in people. I believe he's interested in people's lives. And I just wonder, do, do, do you need a miracle in your life today? I wonder where you sit with your expectation for God to move in your life. Now, I don't understand everything there is about the miraculous. I don't. The questions you have are the questions I have. But I, I just want us to believe. I want us to raise our faith levels and believe that maybe God could move amongst us. That God could do something. That when that happens, in our, can I hear an amen somewhere? Is there someone with me? That, 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 that when that happens, we cannot but say, you know what? I, I, I believe that was a miracle. It was God moving. Frank Damasio defines a miracle as a supernatural manifestation of divine power in the external world, a special revelation of the power and presence of God. Now, I want you to know that we have an enemy that wants to rob us of faith and hope. He wants to get us to stop asking, so we'll never be disappointed. But if we stop asking, we'll never receive either. And my prayer is that, come on, faith is going to be stirred in our hearts and lives. I know there's that mountain before you right now. I know that there's that thing in your life and you're saying, you know what, this is impossible. This is just, this is too much. And, 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 and I know that it's this big thing, but I want us to stir our faith and believe that God could move with the miraculous. In Jesus' name. Two questions I want to answer today. Why do we need to see miracles? 
Why do, we need, why do we need to see God move with power? And then how? How can we see it in our lives? Well, first reason why we need to see the miraculous is because it's the will of God. I believe it's God's desire to move in that way. There are some theologians who believe the era of the miraculous finished with the apostolic era, the cessationists. Uh, the early church needed the miraculous because there was no Bible. But now we've got the Bible, we don't need it anymore. And I struggle to reconcile that with the Scriptures. If we read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find that God gave the church gifts of the Spirit. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, to one there's given the Spirit of a message of wisdom, to another uh, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy distinguishing between the Spirit speaking in different kinds of tongues with interpretation. Why would God give those gifts to the church if they were, He never intended to use them? And just listen to the gifts that he's given the church. The gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miraculous powers. Oh God, I pray that we would see that amongst us. In the name of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? That we would see that amongst us in Jesus' name. God himself asked the question, am I, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Is, is there something that's too hard for me? And the answer, obviously, is no. The second reason why we need to see the miraculous is so our faith is not just rational. And there's the danger that our whole relationship with God would just become rational. Where we will talk about Christianity, like people argue about scientific theories or the vax, you know, there are those for and there are those against, and, and people discuss it rationally. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Nothing wrong with arguing for our faith rationally. Nothing wrong with any of that. And in case you're wondering, there is a very rational, uh, uh, strong rational argument for what we believe as Christians. Most people put, you know, evolution in the scientific basket and, and Christianity in the religious basket, you know, and kind of these two things are at odds with each other. Reminds me of the story of a young girl. Asked her mom, where did human beings come from? If you heard it before, just laugh at the right time. Okay, thanks, thanks, thanks. She said God created Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had children. They had children, and eventually that's how we came here. Well, she then asked her father the same question, where do people come from? He said, well, a long time ago there were monkeys, and uh, they evolved, uh, and, and so on and so on, and this is where we came from. Now the little girl's confused. Goes back to mum and says, mum, I don't understand it. God, you said God created us. Dad says we evolved from the monkeys. Which one is it? Which one of the two is it? Mum smiled and said, sweetheart, it's quite simple. Your father was explaining his side of the family, and I was explaining my side of the family. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> As Christians, we have a very strong, rational argument for our faith. It's built on the simple fact that Jesus died, and three days later, he rose from the dead. Paul himself said, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then, then, then our faith is null and void. What distinguishes Christianity from every other religion in the world is the fact that Jesus died, and three days later, he rose again. And if you study the facts, you will see that all the facts point to that being a reality. But if that's all we have, I believe that we're missing a major component of Christianity. 
If all we have is a rational faith, then we're missing a a major component of Christianity. Paul says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. How we need a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. See, there's nothing rational about someone who's miraculously healed. You can try and explain it. You can reason it. But you're going you're gonna to sound like a fool. There's nothing rational about salvation. Transformation that happens. Change of heart. You can try and explain it. But it's not going to make a lot of sense. The only conclusion that we can come to when we experience the miraculous power of God is that God was in the house, that God has touched me, that God has healed me. How we need that element in the church today especially in the West. We're so intelligent and we're so smart. And therefore, we, don't almost, we almost don't need God anymore. You know, one of, one of the things that I uh, did well in that school was maths. I love maths. Any people love maths here? No. Okay, there's a few. Good on you. Uh, I love maths. Algebra, calculus, first derivative, second derivative, third. I love that stuff. You know, the, 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 the maths book, all those problems. I, I loved it. I, I loved it. I loved it because there was an answer. I loved working through find, solve X and Y and whatever in the... In, is anybody with me? Anybody? In, yeah, good on you. Good on you, guys. Smart ones. Um, and <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Uh, um, I just love that stuff. And the danger is that we bring that mentality into Christendom where everything's got to be rational, where we've got to solve X and Y. Now, we know 1 plus 1 equals 2, but in God's kingdom, 1 plus 1 can equal 6, 10, 15. It can equal, it can equal any number that God wants it to equal. And so often we, we, we become such a rational generation that we no longer need God. We put God in this little box where we explain Him away. If we're going to see God move, we need to, we need to shift from that, that mindset and we need to understand and we need to step into the supernatural where God can do some amazing things, where God can spit in some dirt, put the dirt on a blind man's eyes, tell him to go and wash in the river and suddenly he sees. Now that's not going to make its way into a, into a medical journal, I can assure you. But it's how God moves. And how we need to see God move. I want you to know this morning that God is real. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's working on behalf of those who diligently seek him. How we need, come on, how we need to see the power of God move amongst us in the name of Jesus. We need to challenge our thinking. We need to challenge our, I'm not saying leave your brains at the door. I'm not saying that at all. You can keep your brain intact and and, and still believe for God to do the impossible. Because he asks us the question, is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? Third reason is because every generation is to see God move with power. If we don't, we will start to backslide. Bible says about the people of Israel, after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals. A generation grew up who didn't know God nor the miracles that he'd done. And the consequence was they began to move away from God. Gideon said to the angel that appeared to him, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, 
Why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the... Where are all the miracles that we read about in your word that we heard about, O Lord? Habakkuk said, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. O Lord, renew them in our day, in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Every generation needs to experience the power of God for itself. Thank God for what he's done in our generation. But every generation needs to see God move for itself. That's why we have camps. That's why we have children's camps and youth camps, because we believe that, 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 that kids and, and, and youth can experience the power of God for themselves, and they need to. And if they don't experience God for themselves, I tell you what's going to happen with the next generation. They're going to start to drift away from God. They're going to start to drift away from God. I believe we need to go to God and say, Lord, I, I believe you're with us. But we haven't seen the wonders, Lord. And we want to pray like that, not with arrogance or presumption. It's not, where are you, God? It's not that kind of a prayer. It's more a prayer that says, God, we want to see you move in our generation. Lord, I, when I'm reading the Scriptures, I, I read this in the Scriptures. I read it again and again and again. If, you, if you're reading through the Gospels, I think you should read the Bible with a pen in your hand. Don't worry about those electronic versions. Get a paper version where the anointing is on the paper version. And, and get a pen and circle. Every time you see words like immediately and every time you see God move with the miraculous, you, you circle those pages, you underline those verses, and you'll see it's right throughout Scripture. And every time you do pray, say, God, would, would you do something? And we would pray... With a, with a desire to see God move, with a desire to see the name of God lifted high and glorified. Previous generations saw the power of God, and we need to too. Another reason why we need the supernatural is because the needs today are so great. reason why we need God to move is because for many of us, the only thing that's going to help us is a miracle. Because the only thing that's going to heal our family is a miracle. Our marriage, it's a miracle. Our body, it's a miracle. Our mind, it's a miracle. I believe in doctors. I believe in medication. I believe in counseling. Please don't misunderstand me. I believe in all of that. But there are times in our life where all we need is a miracle. Where the only thing that's going to see us through is a miracle. How many people would say, I, I just need a miracle in, in, in my life today? I wonder, have you ever seen a miracle? Today, I want you to hear a, a, a miracle taking place. It's the story of a man called Dwayne Miller. He was a pastor of a church, caught the flu, which affected his voice. Missed church for a week, the flu cleared, but his voice never cleared. It was so bad, he, he had to resign from his position, couldn't speak. Um, there was a tightness in his throat. Uh, it was like sandpaper. Every time he spoke, it was like, it was like sandpaper. He went to over 60 doctors, no cure. No one, no, one, no one could find a cure for this guy. One day he was asked to speak at a Sunday school class in a Baptist church. This was an adult Sunday school class um, and uh, quite a number of people there. Uh, and he was, as he was preaching, um, the message was actually recorded. And while he's preaching, God actually heals him. I want you to see uh, this video clip. Thank you.
Jesus say that, every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true, won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry, that's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again, is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited, bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. <laughs> I'm uh, Sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I He redeems my life from the pit. <laughs> and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, that's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities, that's mercy. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us.
Uh, day after, he uh, rang his specialist, and the receptionist answered and said, oh, I'm Dwayne Miller. I'd like to speak to the specialist. She said, no, you're not. You're not him. I know what he sounds like. It's not you. And he said, oh, I've, been, my, I've been healed. So speaks to the doctor. Doctor clears out his appointments for the next day, uh, brings him in, and uh, prior to uh, uh, the healing, he had all these uh, videos done of his throat and prodded and whatever, all the rest of it. So they had all these, all these videos before, filmed it again so they could see what's happened in the throat. Um, and he said this to him, he said, I can explain medically what's happened by what we call spontaneous recovery. Occasionally, what will happen for no apparent reason, the throat will just suddenly start working again. But the problem is we have film of scar tissue in your throat, in your vocal cords before, and now we have film of your vocal cords now with no scar tissue. And scar tissue just doesn't disappear. It doesn't just spontaneously disappear. So the only conclusion was it was a miracle that it actually took place. How many people were encouraged by that? Come on, church. Mm. Which kind of brings us to ask the question, how do we experience miracles in our own lives? So let me say a few things first. First, as I said before, it's by the grace of God. That's it. It's as simple as that. There is no formula. Um, but as we look at the miracles in the Bible, the, the majority tend to give us a pattern. Not always, but just generally. And so I want to look at very quickly the story that we read in our text. It's a familiar story uh, of when the disciples caught a large catch of fish. So let me, let me just throw out some, 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 uh, some principles out of this story. The first thing we need to understand is that miracles begin with faith for the miraculous. Notice what the Bible says. The people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. There was a hunger to be with Jesus and to hear the word of the Lord. There was a hunger for Jesus, to be with Jesus. Um, you can imagine that there was a sense of faith, a sense of expectation. Contrast that with Jesus when he went to his hometown. And the Bible says he was unable to do any miracles there. Why? Because they had no faith. It wasn't that Jesus couldn't do any miracles. It because there was, it's because there was no faith in the people. We underestimate the power of faith. Um, that we we under, underestimate what we bring into a, a setting like we have today. We can come with faith or without faith. But when we come with faith, something happens. And it's not faith in music. It's not faith in an individual. It's faith that God can move. It's where two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. It's the faith in the fact that Christ is in the midst of us. And if he's in the midst of us, then anything can happen. I wonder, is there a sense of expectation in our hearts? Second thing we need to understand is that every miracle involves a problem. Master, we've toiled all night, they said, and we've caught nothing. Peter was an experienced fisherman. And here was Jesus trying to say to him, you know what, just put your nets out again. It made no sense in the natural. Rationally, there, there was no reason why they would catch fish in the middle of the day. Every miracle involves a problem, an impossibility. We've tried everything. Don't know what else to do. Can't see a way through this. Can't see a way out of this. Unless God intervenes, it's finished. 
Go through every miracle in the Bible and you will see there was always a difficult situation. Number three, every miracle is based on a word from God. Jesus says to Peter, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Notice Peter's response. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've taught all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, at your word, at your word, I will let down a net. So often, think we, so often we think we have to work up faith. We have to psych ourselves up for faith. It's simply not true. All we need is a word from God. That's all we need. Jesus said things like, launch out into the deep. Stretch out your hand. Be healed. Step out of the boat. Go to the Old Testament. Go and wash yourselves. Dip yourself seven times in the river. What we need is a word from God. As we cry out to God, as we seek his face, inevitably God will speak to us. It's like, like, like the word I got for the property here. You know, the word that came for the property. doesn't have to be a scripture, but it's a word from God. And you know that it's a word from God. It's you have a situation before you that seems you're praying, you're crying, you're seeking the face of God. As you do that, as you cry out to God, then, then, then often God will give you a word about that situation. And that's where faith comes. You believe the word of God. You, 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 you believe what God has said. Now, faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you cannot see. We base ourselves on the word from God. And then fourthly, a miracle comes with obedience to the word. Peter's been fishing all night, caught nothing. Jesus says, let down your nets. Peter says, master, the, 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 rational, the rational response is, master, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the nets. And so he obeys. And the Bible says, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were breaking. Uh, there's a story of a man called George Mueller. George Mueller was a Christian missionary, evangelist, and he ran orphanages in England. He was an incredible man of faith. On one occasion, he said it was breakfast and all the children had gathered, but all their plates were empty. There was no food in the pantry and there was no money to buy food. So he got the children to stand and he lifted his hands in prayer and he said, Dear Father, we thank thee for what thou art going to give us to eat and then there was a knock at the door the baker stood there and said Mr. Mueller I couldn't sleep last night somehow I felt you didn't have bread for breakfast and the Lord wanted me to send you some so I got up at 2am in the morning and baked some fresh bread and have brought it to you Mr. Mueller thanked the baker no sooner had he left when there was a second knock at the door it was the milkman he announced that the milk cart had broken down right in front of the orphanage. And he would like to give the children his cans of fresh milk so he could empty his wagon and therefore repair it. And so the children had breakfast to eat. I wonder what's the miracle you need in your life today? What is the one thing if it happened in your life, you would know that it was God. You can't, you won't be able to conclude, well, it was a coincidence. No, I prayed and something happened. What, what, if that, what is that one thing that if it happened in your life, you would know that it was God? Now, I, I'm, I'm very, as I was preparing 
um, this message. I'm, I'm very aware that there's a fine line between in, wanting to increase our faith and moving us emotionally. Uh, it's very easy that a, a message like today could easily move us emotionally. Oh, yes, I can feel it. My job as a pastor is not to move you emotionally. <laughs> I do want to increase your faith. I do want the Word to begin to speak to us. I do want testimonies like that to, to begin to stir faith in our hearts where we've, we, we've become so rational that we don't believe anything anymore that we would start to shift at, at, at least towards faith to believing that God could do something in our lives. The difference between being moved emotionally and, and, and stirring faith is very simple. It's a word from God. It's a word from God. The, on, the only reason why, why Peter was able to pick, get such a large catch of fish was because he had a word from Jesus. I can't get that word for you. You need to get that word for yourself. And I pray that as, as, as we reflect on this word today, at the very least, we would open ourselves up to the possibility that God could speak, that God could intervene in our lives. Pastor Joe, what, what happens if I pray and nothing happens? Well, what if you pray and something does? I don't believe that God would move with the miraculous in Jesus' name. I love the scripture in Ephesians. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever amen remember the greatest miracle of all is the miracle of salvation never forget that a miracle happens when we open our lives up to Jesus Christ and invite Jesus to be our Lord and Savior when we invite him into our hearts and lives, we experience the miracle of salvation, which is the greatest miracle of all. But I want to believe that God is going to move amongst us. The testimonies we've heard of old, we would hear again in our generation by his grace and for his glory. Will you stand with me? I don't think there's anyone here that would say, well, I don't need a miracle. I'm doing full, good, 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 good. I'm doing fine. I don't need anything. I'm sure all of us could say, there's at least one area in my life where I need God to move. And I can tell you, I've got a list of about 10 things that I need in my life. Uh, I thank God that I'm not the miracle worker. My responsibility is just preach the word and let God do the rest. And so I want us to just reach out to God today in Jesus' name. I'm not going to do anything, you know, like crazy. I'm just going to reach out to God. And I want to just pray for you that God is going to move. So I just want you to close your eyes. That's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you feel comfortable, just put your hands out towards God as if to receive from the Lord. And, and I just want you to do business with God. What, what, is, what, is, what is that thing in your life? What is that area in your life where... You've declared it an impossibility. It's where it starts. Where, the, where does the miraculous happen? It happens by declaring something to be impossible. And just 
positioning ourselves to receive from the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're the God that heals. Would you move in my life? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we come before you in Jesus' name. And, Father, you, you, you know every thought that goes through our minds. And I just surrender to you, Lord God. Help thou our unbelief, Lord God. We do believe that you can move and that you can minister. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would sweep across this congregation in Jesus' name. Everyone that's watching online, Father, that they would experience your power and your spirit, Lord God. Father, you, you promised, you said, Lord, that, 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 Father, we would do even greater things than these. Father, that was the promise of your word. You, 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 you're not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should change your mind. What you've said you will do, what you've promised shall come to pass, Lord God. Let it be so, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's things that need to change in our lives, let it be so, I pray in Jesus' name. We confess our sins before you, Lord God. Father, we, 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 can, we confess what's happening in our heart to you, Lord God. And we ask you to forgive us, Lord God. We thank you that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness, Lord God. And I just pray that you would move across this life, not because of our righteousness, Lord God, but because of your namesake. Would you move amongst this congregation in the name of Jesus? That financial miracles would be released in Jesus' name. Oppression, Father God, would, would, would be released in the name of Jesus. Addictions would be broken, Father God, in the name of Jesus. That we would be set free, Lord God. Thoughts that we can't get out of our minds. Father, that we would be set free in the name of Jesus. Wounds of the past, Lord God, that, 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 that seem to beset us every single day. Father, that we would be healed in the name of Jesus. Things the doctors have said, no, it's too hard. No, it's finished, it's gone. Father, that we would be healed in the name of Jesus. You're the God that heals scar tissue, Lord God. You're the God that heals throats today, Lord God. You're still in the business of healing people, Lord God. Reach out with the miraculous, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name. Let the devil be put to shame, I pray in Jesus' name. And we receive from you. We receive from you, Lord God. We receive from you today, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And I thank you for what you're going to do. And I thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you that we're going to hear testimonies of your grace. I thank you that we're going to hear testimonies of your grace. I thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and amen. Amen. Amen.